Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. About two-thirds of the success in a multifamily operation comes from market selection and selecting the right property management. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. And well, this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. With us today, we have an experienced investor who has done house flips, a bunch of them, who has built a hotel, invested in multifamily, and he's the author of The Perfect Investment. How are you doing, Paul Moore? Great. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing really well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit more about Paul. He is the founder and managing director at Wellings Capital, which is based in Roanoke, Virginia. You can say hi to him and his company and check out his company at his company's website. Just click in the show notes page. With that being said, Paul, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, I have an engineering degree, then I got an MBA, and I went to Ford Motor Company for about five years and realized that if I stayed there, I would probably wither and die. So another guy from Ford and I started a human resource management company. It's called a PEO, Professional Employer Organization. We sold that about five years later to a publicly traded firm. I moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains, and a buddy of mine and I started flipping homes. We flipped about 60 or 70 houses over the years, some for rentals, also a waterfront subdivision, flipped about 20 or 30 waterfront lots as well. And 
eventually built a multifamily facility from the ground up. We filled it up to about 100% occupancy, sold that, and used a lot of the proceeds to build a Hyatt hotel, which we still own and operate. However, since then, my 100% of my focus is now on multifamily investing, Class B multifamily in great cities. Well, you built a hotel. I can't. We can't just skip over that one. <laughs> you built a Hyatt hotel. Where is that located? It's in Minot, North Dakota, and it's a Hyatt House hotel, and it's considered by Hyatt Corporation the nicest Hyatt House hotel in the U.S., I believe. Not necessarily the top-performing one, though. What is a, a Hyatt House hotel versus just a hotel I'm thinking of? It's similar to a, a residence in by Marriott, you know, okay. so it's an ex, more of an extended stay, large rooms, separate bedrooms, etc. What was your role in the whole process of the hotel? I have a real estate broker's license as well, and I actually run a real estate website here at Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia. I forgot to mention that. So I located the land and negotiated and helped purchase the land. I actually am the one that connected with Hyatt Corporation. We were going to do it independently and found out rather quickly that we really needed to get a, they call a flag. So I did the initial work with Hyatt Hotel. I did a lot of the HR work. I located the staff, interviewed them, and helped bring on the property management firm as well that runs the hotel. Mm -hmm. And then I did a lot of the initial marketing, Google AdWords, Facebook ads, et cetera. And what about just overall running the numbers and getting the teams in place and overseeing that process? The majority owner of the hotel, my partner, did most of that work. Okay. And when was that started and when was it completed? So we started building in 2012 and we opened the summer of 13. What are some things that you learned along the way on that deal? We located in a part of town where the other hotels were not located, and we thought we were pretty smart because there was a, a super Walmart going in across the street and a lot of other things developing in the area. Well, somehow or another, after we got started, the neighbors got together and blocked the super Walmart, and the city council shut it down. So actually, we found out pretty quickly that we were not in the best part of town. And so that was somewhat painful. Thankfully, a nice medical center came in across the street later. But And another thing is we realized that market selection, it's not always good to hit a grand slam because sometimes when you hit a grand slam, you can also strike out. I really have come to believe that market volatility, ups and downs that go with trying to hit it out of the park is something that I have pretty much sworn off since then because the oil boom in North Dakota was great. But when oil prices went down, it hurt a lot of people and hurt our hotel. Mm -hmm. You are now three and change years into managing it, you and your company. What's the plan for it? We are honestly just hoping that the Minot economy continues to diversify. They've got an Air Force base there, and they've got a lot of other things in the economy other than just oil. But our plan is that we're kind of actually hoping the oil prices go back up and the oil industry continues to come to our hotel. There's not a whole lot else we can do in an isolated area that way, and that's one of the reasons, best ever listeners, that I am really, really big on market selection. You mentioned earlier, it might have been before we were recording, that you're investing in Dallas. Is that correct? Or you're looking in Dallas? Yeah, we are looking. We really love Dallas. We love Charlotte. 
We like San Antonio, Raleigh, Durham, areas like that where there's a net population migration coming into those areas and job growth. Are those the two things you look for, job growth and population increase? We have an 18 or so point screen, Joe, that we go over for any MSA, for any market, and we really carefully stick with all of those components, and we don't want to go to any market that doesn't show healthy numbers in all those areas. What are the handful of ones that are weighted the most? Like net population migration coming into an area population growth just you can be in the best area and you know a great city great apartment complex but if people are leaving that area obviously it's not going to be helpful we look a lot less at income growth because we're looking at class c plus b minus apartments and the income growth doesn't have to be leading edge income growth for most of our tenants We look at the components of population growth. We want to make sure it's not all weighted into one or two industries. And we really do like it when there's healthcare, when there's education. We specifically don't like an area that's heavily weighted toward a military base. So that's why we wouldn't go to Colorado Springs or Virginia Beach, though we really like those. We look at unemployment. We look at the percentage of rentals in the economy in the MSA, for example, Detroit, all other things aside about Detroit. They have about a 72% homeowners in that market, whereas Dallas has only about 52% homeowners. So that's another reason to really love Dallas. As you probably know, the national average for homeownership right now has gone down from 69.2% in 2005 to about 63%. And so every percentage drop is about a million new renters in the nation, and that's just continuing to grow. Why not look at hotels in those markets? Or has your group kind of been jaded by the North Dakota experience and now you're looking to multifamily? We did look at hotels and we considered that even while the Hyatt Hotel was doing really well, especially the first year it was open. But Joe, best ever listeners, when I looked at all of the statistics for multifamily, especially Class B multifamily and growing markets, it was stunning to me. I mean, there are so many indicators. I've come to the conclusion that for me, in my 50s, volatility is evil. (laughs) I do not want to be continuing to play double or nothing and ending up with nothing at the point someday when I can't work. I've got four kids And I'd really like to leave them something. I I do a lot of charity work. I'd like to have money to donate to those things I'm really passionate about. And I don't want to be on the nothing end of double or nothing someday when I can't work anymore for any reason. So multifamily, if you look at the Sharpe ratio, just as one example, the Sharpe ratio measures risk versus return. And multifamily has the best risk-return Sharpe ratio over the last 30 or 40 years. It's pretty much tied with storage units. Now, Mm -hmm. storage units sound real good, but honestly, I don't like being in an asset class where someone else can come in as a competitor right next door very easily. Class B apartments, just not easy to create a Class B apartment right down the street. There's a lot more barriers to entry. So Mm -hmm. for literally dozens of reasons, I like multifamily over hotels and frankly, any other asset class. With your group you have now, have you bought a multifamily property? The group that we have right now, Wellings Capital, we just pushed restart. We got a new partner. So we've actually rebranded. We got a new website. I've spent a long time on the book I'm working on right now. 
we have another company we partner with that buys multifamily. They have about $150 million under management. Wellings Capital is actually just a new entity that we just launched. We're building a multifamily fund right now, and we plan to be aggressively looking for a new asset starting in January. Got it. You're creating a fund? Yes. Huh. Okay. It's beneficial to do a fund first, I guess. So I guess the question shouldn't be why, but how big is the fund going to be? Our first round is we're raising about four to six million in cash and going after about 10 to 15 million in assets. And then we plan to come right back and go for about a hundred million dollars next. And that would be in total assets. And that's over the next year and a half. Our new partner we brought on in Dallas has quite a bit of experience in this. He's a Harvard MBA. He's raised money for 53 other startups, M&As, et cetera. He's the chairman and founder of the seventh largest property management company in the U.S., and that's out of 6,500 competitors. So he's doing real well. But he wanted to put some assets in Wellings Capital before we launch out into speaking to a lot of his larger contacts where he's raised tens of millions of dollars before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how do you structure the business with someone like that who's bringing the money and you all are bringing the expertise and the operations? Wellings Capital is structured just as an LLC with each of us having equal ownership, but we'll be giving our investors, it'll basically be a typical syndication deal that you'd be familiar with. Okay. But with the individual who's making the connections to those investors, how is that individual compensated? The three of us are equally compensated because we're all bringing investors, we're all bringing expertise, we're all bringing all kinds of strengths and weaknesses to the party. So Mm -hmm. we just decided to go third each. That makes sense. When you do a fund, do you look for the deals while you're raising the money for the fund or do you wait until all the money is in the fund And then you're like, okay, I've got the bank account full. Now I go look for the specific deal. We have found, and the partners we've been working with have found, that at at this point in the game, with as competitive as you know that it is right now, it is much easier to win a deal with the money in the bank. So that's why we're looking for discretionary funding up front before we look for any more deals. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, because you'll be putting the earnest money hard probably at the very beginning of these deals. At least that's what we're having to do in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. Well, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I believe that about two thirds of the success in a multifamily operation comes from market selection and selecting the right property manager. So I want to do a really, really careful job investigating the market and being in the perfect market. And then you talked about the things you look for in the market. So no real follow-up question there. As far as the right property manager, well, you've got the inside track because your partner is in the property management business. So are you working with his company as management? Actually, we're not. We could, but we're going to be selecting the best property manager in any individual market. For example, we really like Charlotte. His company's not in Charlotte. So Mm -hmm. now we won't limit it to that but it will be a third-party management company. You're not starting your own? Absolutely third-party. Okay, got it, got it, okay. You ready for the best ever lightning round? You bet. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest-growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love-us-or-leave-us guarantee. 
Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727. What's the best ever book you've read? I would say it's Shattered Dreams by Larry Crabb. Shattered Dreams is a book about the disappointments, failures, losses, and pain in life that help us grow and help us learn a lot more than our successes usually do. And that book has really helped me make sense of the failures and pain in my life. And in fact, it's one of the bases for why we recently launched our own podcast, Teaching People How to Fail Well. Mm. And speaking of that, it's a perfect segue. What's the best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? I think it was when we were flipping waterfront lots in about 2003, 4, 5 at Smith Mountain Lake. There were lots that people had purchased for ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, let's say in the 80s, that were now worth, let's say, two or $300,000. We were buying these lots, clearing them, getting a boat dock permit, making them really beautiful, setting out a park bench, and then marking them up about $100,000 a few months later and selling them. It was great, and I thought, this is what I want to do forever. <laughs> and then Fortune Magazine came out, and the cover said, the real estate bubble is about to burst. And you know what, Joe, best ever listeners, I ignored that. And I really thought, you know, I just don't want to believe that. It's not convenient to believe it. I guess it was part of my own greed. And I had about eight or nine or ten lots and about two and a half million dollars in debt when the bubble burst. And that was a really hard, painful lesson. I actually was debt-free about 13 months later, but that would take another podcast to explain how that happened. I have a friend who's an attorney. He's argued from the Supreme Court and won a case. And he says that anything worth mentioning can be said in three or four sentences. So I'm going to challenge you on that. How did you become debt-free in 13 months after being down $2 million in the hole? There's a guy named George Mueller, and George Mueller was a pastor, and he ran orphanages in Bristol, England. And I actually asked myself, how would he have got out of this situation? And instead of going into complete conservation mode, I really felt that I really believe that we reap what we sow. Now other people call it karma. I started being really, really generous, and I actually started donating more money to the charities that I was passionate about, and about a month later, we really amped it up, and about a month later, I came up with a creative way to sell about half of those lots for a huge profit right in the middle of the 2008-2009 recession, and I was debt-free 13 months later. Wow. What was the linchpin on the creative way? to sell it? What was the overall concept? We had a five-acre waterfront lot that we wanted to divide into five individual lots, and there was a law that said you could not do that on a private road. Well, there was another law that says you can do it if you sell it to individuals who split the land with a close family member. It's kind of an obscure law that came from the old days when people would have a 100-acre farm. They wanted to split off one acre for grandmother or their son or daughter out front and, you know, along the road. So we actually used that law and the county agreed with us that we could use that law to split this waterfront lot. And we were able to split it into five lots fairly quickly using members of every buyer in succession. (laughs) What's the best ever deal you've done? 
I think it was in 2011, I had a petroleum engineering degree and I decided to get involved in investing in the Bakken oil fields in North Dakota. When we did that, my business partner who has a small jet, he could never find a place to stay. So he had to keep flying back to Colorado every evening when he would go up there. So we built a multifamily facility from the ground up in 2011. We filled it up in 2012. We operated it successfully and sold it in 2013 for a very nice profit. What's the best ever way you'd like to give back now? Joe, best ever listeners, I don't know if you've heard about human trafficking or what you've heard about it, but it was stunning to me when I learned what is happening right under our noses here in the U.S. and around the world. So we have actually set up our company to give back a significant portion of our internal profits, not our investors' money, not the investors' profits, but our internal profits to stop human trafficking and rescue its victims. And we're very passionate about that, and I plan to do that for the rest of my life. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? We don't have time for all those. But, uh, um, Not all of them, just the biggest. Oh, the biggest. I gotcha. I think ignoring my gut and just ignoring the things that might be wrong. You know, Simon and Garfunkel, they have a song called The Boxer. It says, every man believes what he wants to believe and disregards the rest. And I think it's so easy to disregard your gut and disregard your wife. And I've done that a number of times to my own peril. Mm -hmm. What is the best place the best ever listeners can reach you, Paul? Best ever listeners, you can reach me at wellingscapital.com. My email is paul at wellingscapital.com. You can also reach me at our new podcast site. It's called How to Lose Money. And you can reach me at the email there, paul at howtolosemoney.com. And is the website howtolosemoney.com? The website howtolosemoney.com will be up by December 1st at the latest. Okay, cool. Oh, that's a good URL too. I'm surprised that wasn't taken. Did you have to pay extra for that or was it free? I did. I got howtolosemoney.net from GoDaddy for 10 bucks, and then I tracked down the owner of howtolosemoney.com and I bought it for a couple hundred bucks. I was really happy to get it. Yeah, that's that's good. Well, boy, thank you for being on the show and being so candid with us about your wins and losses. Your podcast is going to do really well. I promise you that because of how you are so straightforward with what's worked and what hasn't worked and the lessons you've learned. I was just listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast today. It was Ladies' Night Drunk Dialing where he calls a bunch of women and answers their questions. He had another version, but apparently only called guys, so now he does a Ladies' Night. And he mentioned the case studies of failures should be accessible more so than they are, and we can learn just as much, if not more. That's why I have the mistake and personal growth experience as kind of ways to tease that out. But this conversation, it was front and center. You're very, very forthcoming about it and really appreciate it, as well as the success that you have had and are currently having as well. So thank you for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, Paul, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It was great to be here. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest-growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love us or leave us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727.